I have a confession to make. Are you ready? I'm a risky investor. I always look for the high yield, you know? I guess I, I figure I'm just going to live forever, forever, so if I take a few lumps, it's all right. I'll make it up on the next one, right? Consequently, I'll probably never retire. <laughs> what about God? Did God make some risky investments? Think about that for a minute. Think about that for a minute. God, first of all, making investments, what does he need to invest in, right? He's got everything he needs, right? But secondly, risk. God taking risks. What could possibly hurt the Almighty? Risks? Come on. After all, God made everything, right? It's all His. He didn't need to invest in us, right? Why would He need to invest in us? He has everything at His command. If He wanted perfect people, perfect people. Just like that. In the blink of an eye, He could have done it. He has everything he needs. In the book of Acts, in the book of Acts, Paul comes across a monument there in Acts chapter 17 to the unknown God. And he begins to tell the people there about that. He says, this God who made the world and everything in it. I'm going to tell you about him, he says. This is the God who made everything. Since He is Lord of heaven and earth, what does He need? Lord of heaven and earth. He does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is He worshipped with men's hands as though He needed anything. God doesn't need anything. Since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. This is the God who, not needing anything, chose to invest in us. He made that conscious choice to invest in a world in rebellion. He made a choice on purpose and without need to invest in us. I'm sorry, but to me, <laughs> that's a pretty risky investment. <laughs> you know, if I had anyone else to invest in, I probably wouldn't invest a whole lot in myself, you know. Because it's, I know, I know my own foibles, right? I know my own problems. I know my own downfalls. I know my own difficulties. I know my own weaknesses, right? So, yeah, I'm not certain 
that I'd make a real huge investment there, but I'm kind of stuck with me, so, right? So there I am. But God took this risk voluntarily. God stepped out on purpose for you and I. I have about an inch and a half scar right here. About an inch and a half long right there. Looks like I was in some gnarly knife fight or something, you know? But it wasn't anything so crazy and dangerous like that. Instead, I knew this little red-haired girl. <laughs> and she liked raccoons. And so her dad made this cage out of rat wire, and he clipped this door out of the rat wire, right? Only the, the ends of the rat wire were still sticking down. They didn't get bent back up, right? And so it was my job while they were on vacation to feed the raccoon and give him water and stuff, right? And so I went over there one day and I, I opened this little cage up, man, and this raccoon, he's like backed into the corner of the cage, you know, and just eyeballing me. Yeah, doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out, huh? I reached in for that bowl, and man, that thing just like really fast. He comes out after me, and my hand had no clue from my brain. It did it all by itself, man. It just snatched back and just raked over that over that rat wire, you know, and just put a cool little, little, it, it, it hardly even bled. It was like two drops and that was it. But man, I got an awesome, nasty scar out of that thing. So I managed to survive the raccoon. But why? 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 Why am I messing with this raccoon? Why should I why should I risk putting my hand in this cage with this wild beast? Okay, it was only a raccoon, but to me, I don't need raccoon holes in my hand any more than I need anything else. <laughs> right? As I put my hand into that cage, what was that raccoon thinking? He's thinking, this guy wants to eat me. He had no clue I couldn't, couldn't eat him if I wanted to. Yeah, just the smell of that thing, repulsive. Was not interested in eating it, let me tell you. But he misunderstood. He didn't know I was there to give him the things he needed for life, right? Food, water, what he needed to survive, I was putting my hand in there to give him. He thinks I'm getting in there to grab him and choke him and eat him. When God came to this world, he risked misunderstanding. He risked that as he came into this world, we would not understand what it was all about. 
we didn't understand that he was putting his hand out there to bless and to give us the things of life. And we took him for wanting to eat us. <laughs> People still misunderstand God all the time. Perhaps the story of the Exodus is one of the places where they really misunderstand, where, where they're about, God's about to bring the Israelites out of Egypt, and God says, I will harden. Wait, what? I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And he says it a couple times in chapter 4, verse 21, and chapter 7, verse 3. And we look at that and we wonder, what does that mean? Is God really using some people just to make himself look good? And we misunderstand God. God came only to bless. And sometimes we misunderstand that maybe he's setting up some people just to grind them down. Anybody ever feel that way? Sometimes you feel just ground down and like God just isn't there, doesn't care. But that's not why God puts his hand in the cage with us wild animals. <laughs> it's to bless. God risked misunderstanding of you and I. Perhaps you remember on the cross, Mark 15, 34, Jesus was speaking and he says, My God, my God, what? Why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Can you imagine what was going through Jesus' mind right then? I'm not sure I can entirely because I've never had an eternal relationship. Patty and I have been married a few years now. <laughs> Just a few. Like 35. 35 years she's put up with me. She ought to get a medal just for that. You know? That's where I get the amens, huh? <laughs> That's perfect. No, you're right. It's true. You're right. So, <laughs> she has put up with me for 35 years. I can't hardly imagine after just 35 years what it'd be like to be without her. You know? She's such a sweetie. How could I manage to live without her after I've been with her for 35 years? That's more than half my life. I've been with her since I was a teenager. Yeah. High school, almost high school sweethearts. If we'd gone to the same high school, we would have been high school sweethearts. But we didn't. We were just teenagers. Imagine an eternal relationship. An eternal relationship where there was perfect 100% complete trust and perhaps more importantly trustworthiness right can we imagine what Jesus was going through as he uttered that cry on the cross my God my God why 
Why is our relationship broken? It had never been broken, ever. Imagine the risk Jesus was taking as he, as he looked at his, the sin of the world that he was shouldering at that moment. How? How could he manage without the Father's presence? He was willing to give up that eternal loving relationship so that you could have it. What a risk. What a risk he was willing to take for you and I. And we, we don't even understand. Risking misunderstanding, risking that loss of eternal fellowship that he had known, and, and then risking failure. Looking at our scripture reading for today, Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. Luke 22, beginning with verse 42. Luke 22, beginning with verse 42, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Evidently, there was something going on in Jesus' heart that he was so pressed down with that his humanity shrank from this. It was so, so heavy a weight. Can we imagine? The weight of the sin of the world. My sin alone is tough enough. And I only have to bear it until I get on my knees and ask for forgiveness. But he bore the weight of the sin of the world and there was no way out except through the cross. And his human nature couldn't take it. His human nature looked at this and said, how can I go through this? Father, is there no other way? Please take this cup from me. Mm. Mm. I don't know about you, but I've never been to point of verse 43. Have you, you ever been at, at that point before where you were so far gone that you required an angel to take care of you? Then an angel appeared to him from heaven. And I like what it says here. Not to take him away from this. Not to take it away from him. But to strengthen him to go through it. Wow. 
Jesus risked failure for you and I. Incredible. Incredible. When I was in Korea, my mom would call me up and say, What's happening? Are you okay? Yeah, mom, I'm sitting in my living room reading the paper. Why? Well, I just saw on the news. Oh, it's horrible. What's horrible, mom? Oh, the riots and all of the unrest and... What? I looked out the window. Birds are swing, singing, sun shining. Everything's good. It's like, what are you talking about, mom? I don't hear anything horrible going on. But here's what happened. At 3 o'clock every afternoon when classes were done at the universities, it was part of the culture. They went out to the one gate where all the riot police were. They wouldn't go to any of the other 15 gates. They would go to the one gate where the riot police were and throw a few bottles, get a little tear gas lobbed at them and feel that they had done their duty. They protested. Right? And so what would happen is, is ABC would send their truck over there, film an hour of this stuff, go back into the truck, cut it down to five minutes, send it to America. America would get it and take the juiciest 30 seconds and put it on ABC television or whatever. And my mom would look at that and go, oh, 24 hours a day, that must be what it's like. No, it lasted maybe an hour at the most. And, you know, when you went through the gate later, you had to cover your nose because, mm, you know, that tear gas lingers in the bushes and stuff. Ooh, it's nasty stuff. But after a while, you get to walk through in it enough times. It's like, yeah, not too bad today. <laughs> so the, the risks that we were taking being in Korea were greatly exaggerated. The risks that Jesus took were greatly underestimated. We look at him and we say, yeah, he died on the cross, so what? Huh? We have no clue what he went through. His temptations, his burden to bear was much greater than his infinite character is greater than mine. What he went through can't be estimated on a human scale. Jesus risked so much for you and I. It is amazing. If Jesus had played it safe with his own life, you wouldn't be here today. But sometimes... The risk of being misunderstood, the risk of a parted relationship that had been together forever, and the risk of failure, sometimes it's worth it. It's worth it because God so loved, yes, God so loved you and me. God so loved the world that he gave he gave His only begotten Son. Not because He had to. Not because He needed to. But because He loved. That's why God gave to you and I. I find that overwhelming, frankly. Don't you? That kind of love... 
to go through that, to make those, to take those risks, that he would make that investment in you and I, it's unbelievable. He gave because of love. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 says, God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were still enemies of God. And he risked for you and I. That's powerful stuff. That's amazing stuff. At the top of page five in your bulletin. Top of page five in your bulletin. I talk about the sermon series that we're about to begin. That we're kicking off today. A risky sermon series. (laughs) I ask if you are risking anything for God. On the back of your bulletin, there's a quote there that talks about the risks that Jesus took, that he risked all for your salvation. He risked it all. After all that he's invested in us, are we playing it safe? Are we hiding our master's talent? God's still putting himself on the line for you and I. He's still out there doing miracles. Can we pray for a miracle? Can we pray for a miracle? Maybe you remember some time ago, we talked a little bit about a low-power FM radio station. Do you remember? We talked about a low-power FM radio station. Can we pray for a miracle? You see, there's one permit to be offered. One. In this area. And if you were to somehow work through all the wheels of the FCC and ask for a variance, you might get like two (laughs) or three to cover all of this humongous metropolitan area. And then you think about, you think about how many organizations there are in this area that would be perhaps interested in such a thing. Think about the humongous churches that are around here. Think about other organizations. All kinds of organizations could ask for this thing. What are the chances of us getting it? You know? We need to pray for a miracle. We need to pray for God's blessing. Then, you know, you've got what was told to me anyway, a year or two of government red tape before anything is going to happen on this. And I wonder, can we pray today for a miracle? Is that something we can do? Can we pray for a miracle today? Because, you see, 
all of those things about we can't, it probably won't happen, and all of those kinds of things, you know what? All of those were before they met our God. Do you know what this is? This is the approval. This right here from the FCC is the approval for Lakeland Seventh-day Adventist Church to build a radio station right here. Can you believe that? I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm dumbfounded at what God is doing. I'm totally dumbfounded because this shouldn't have happened. And even if it did happen, it shouldn't have happened yet. <laughs> at least that's what I was told. So, so I called up the conference and I said, hey, <laughs> we got approved for this radio station. And they said, so what are you going to do? I said, I haven't a clue. I don't know anything about radio stations. I don't know anything about it. But brothers and sisters, I figure it this way. If God can do a miracle, He can do 10 more. He can do 10 more and make this thing happen. If He put this in our lap, He can make it happen. Do we have big obstacles? Uh-huh. That's nothing new. We've been there. We have 18 months. 18 months. From the date this thing was approved, we have 18 months. So from January 29th, we have 18 months. And it expires at 3 a.m. I don't get it, man. Anyway, that's what they said, 3 a.m. It says it right here. So sometime, we got to solve some problems. How to deal with this in 18 months? Where do we come up with tens of thousands of dollars to make this happen? I don't know. Rose doesn't know. <laughs> but God knows. We're going to figure something out. We don't even know what to do. <laughs> we don't know what we need. We don't know anything about it. But God does. So we need money. We need time. We need expertise. We need all kinds of things. But we're going to risk for God. We're going to do stuff for God. We're going to take those kinds of risks that Jesus was willing to take. Risks that say we demonstrate our love for others. And we'll make this happen. And so I'd like to take just a moment now and pray for God's blessing, for God's wisdom. Because He's willing to take a risk on us. Are we willing to take a risk on something that He's put in our lap? Let's make it happen. Let's bow our heads. Our Father and our God, we have here before us the evidence of your investment in us. And Father, it's a risky investment. What if we let you down? What if we decide, eh, we're not going to give the money? 
we're not going to give the time. We're not going to give the talents. We're not going to work on this. It's a risky investment. And you're still willing it to invest in us. Praise your name. Wow. What a God we serve. And so, Father, we pray that we will take this talent that you've given us and make it multiply. Make it a tool in your hand to spread your love to this city in which we have been planted, that your name will be great in this place. In Jesus' name.